what's going on everyone welcome back to a brand new episode of raise the apple we're gonna dive right into it today the Mets are off tonight after winning two out of three in Cincinnati they had the wild 15-11 game Monday night they fell short on Tuesday tried coming back late in the game fell a little bit short and then they won yesterday uh, I believe it was seven nothing Dom with a grand slam Giorme a two-run homer and Stroman pitched eight almost perfect innings. It was a much, much needed start for the Mets. The bullpen has been taxed like crazy the past couple days out of the break. So to have Stroman go almost a complete game and then Familia lock it down in the ninth, it was much, much needed for this team. They're off today. And then they t come home for an 11-game homestand, starting with... The Blue Jays tomorrow night, Tyler McGill against Steven Matz. Steven Matz will be making his City Field return for the first time since being traded. I'm looking forward to it. I hope he gets a nice reception. He certainly deserves it. And they got the Blue Jays. They could, Then they have the Braves for five because it's a four-game set, but the game on Monday is a doubleheader, and then the Reds come in again. So if the Mets are going to try and break away, this is the stretch to do it. These next 11 games when they're at home, they're one of the best teams at home in Major League Baseball. Now is the time to get a little bit more. Right now their lead's three and a half games in the East on the Phillies. The Phillies are at 500 and they're three and a half back. Now is the time for the Mets to make a run, get a little bit more cushion going into the deadline next week and seeing where they stand, what they need to add, what other teams need to add to maybe try and catch them. It's This is going to be a huge 11-game stretch for the Mets. Now, a lot of people say, oh, their second-half schedule is so much harder. They're going to choke. They're going to... I don't see that happening. Right now, the, way, the offense has picked up tremendously. The starting pitching, it's just been injuries right now. Stroman had a great bounce-back start yesterday. The bullpen has been great. Even though they've been taxed a lot, they have been good this year. I know Diaz has been shaky the past couple times, but I'm not overly concerned about that. But there is a lot to be excited about going into the deadline. A lot of big names that are expected to be moved. A lot of big trades that maybe we weren't expecting. It should be a fun time. The trade deadline is always fun especially the last like two hours or so before four o'clock on it's gonna be on Friday this year so it's not usually it's Ju July 31st is the deadline but it fell on a Saturday this year they didn't want the deadline to be on a weekend I don't know why so the deadline will actually be on Friday the 30th at 4 p.m. all trades must be done and completed and approved and all that by then and it will be a fun next week in terms of trades they got the Mets got a big one yesterday like I mentioned <clears throat> they got a big series coming up with Toronto and then the Braves come into town and then the Reds this is the time to go and it is the perfect time to go considering it's the deadline they're home for 11 games and one of the best teams at home in baseball now is the time to push down the gas pedal and get going lot to be excited about. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to watching Steven Matt's return tomorrow 
and I'm looking forward to this 11-game homestand for the Mets. Should be a lot of fun to watch. The Mets have now been in first for 79 days, I think it is. 79 consecutive days they've been in first place. The longest they've been in first place in a long time. So certainly a lot to look forward to over the next about two months and change left in the season. But there is a lot going on around the rest of Major League Baseball. First of all, we're going to talk about is the Olympics start tomorrow. The open or kind of already started, kind of start tomorrow. Some sports already got underway. Opening ceremonies are tomorrow. I'm super excited even though Japan still is in a state of emergency because they had an uptick in COVID cases and they were apparently saying there's still a possibility the games uh, could get canceled. As of right now, the games are still going. Baseball is back, is one of the sports they brought back to the Olympics this year, which I'm super excited for. Team USA, uh, a lot of these guys are minor league talent. You got a couple free agents and a couple guys that are playing over in Japan or or in the uh, KB, yeah, the NPB or the KBO. <clears throat> excuse me. So no, some. <clears throat> excuse me again. Wow. So some notable names that are on Team USA that a lot of uh, MLB fans know of. Tyler Austin is one of them. He's currently playing with the. I love how they say who their current team is. The Yokohama Dana Bay Stars over in Japan. Tyler Austin. Uh, became became known to a lot of people when he charged Joe Kelly. When Joe Kelly plunked him, he slammed his bat down and then charged after him. He got Eddie, <clears throat> Eddie Alvarez uh, for, of the Marlins, who also competed in the Winter Olympics in speed skating uh, a little bit ago. He came up last year with the Marlins when during that time when they made like 90 million roster moves over the span of three days or whatever it was. You got Shane Baz, who's a highly thought of pitching prospect for the Rays. Some other notable names are Todd Frazier, former Met, who's currently a free agent. You got Anthony Ghost, who came up as an outfielder, is coming back as, or trying to make a comeback as a pitcher. And you got Edwin Jackson, who's played for just about every single team in baseball. Scott Casimir, another former Met. You also got David Robertson, Ryder Ryan, who's a former Met. Bubba Starling, who is a uh, prospect with the Royals. And then Simone Woods Richardson, also a former Met prospect. He went over to the Blue Jays in the Steven Matz trade. So Steven Matz and then the Mets... The Mets gave up Steven Matz and, or no, I got that backwards. Simone Woods Richardson was in the Stroman trade. When the Mets traded for Stroman, they gave up Anthony Kay and Simone Woods Richardson. That's my bad. And then the manager for Team USA will be Mike Sosha. This team, I'm interested to see how this team well fares. I don't know if necessarily Team USA can beat uh, you know, the Puerto Rico's or the Dominican Republic teams of the world. But I think one thing that I think that MLB should do is allow guys to compete in the Olympics. You know, Bryce Harper was in an interview and he said, in Olympic years, a great way to grow the game would be put a pause, a two-week pause in the season for the Olympics. 
and only this would only happen in the Olympic years, shorten the season to 150 games, and let MLB guys go play for their home countries in the Olympics. I think that is a great idea. I've watched I watched the WBC in 2017, and that when USA Team USA won, that was some of the most fun baseball I've ever watched. How much excitement the fans and the players had during those games you never see that and I think that would be great for baseball to have that in the Olympics for the whole world to see it would be so much fun some other notable names that are playing for their countries that aren't on MLB teams Jose Bautista uh, Melky Cabrera you got Masahiro Tanaka is pitching for Team Japan a lot of big name guys could you imagine a Team USA rotation what it would look like, you would have, uh, you'd have Jacob Degrom, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. Again, that's assuming these guys would say yes to playing. An outfield of potentially Trout and Harper. It would be a unbelievable team, and I really do think that Major League Baseball should consider in the future letting their guy, maybe putting a pause in the season or letting guys go compete for their, everyone, not just Americans, everyone, let them go compete for their home country in the Olympics. I think that would be so much fun to watch, so much, it would be a great thing for the game of baseball. The next thing is, if you follow MLB on Fox on Instagram, they did a poll with fans to who they think is the midseason MVP Cy Young Rookie of the Year. We're going to talk about him a little bit and see what fans are thinking right now and how we think that'll shape out. So first of all, right now, fans picked Jacob deGrom as the midseason NL MVP and Cy Young winner. I definitely think Jake is the front runner for the Cy Young. He definitely deserves some MVP votes. The only thing is I think injuries are going to hold him back a lot, especially in terms of MVP votes, because it's very hard for a pitcher already to win MVP because they play so they're only pitching every fifth day. But if you add Jake's injuries on top of it, it might be hard to give him MVP. But he certainly, if he stays, if he comes back and is healthy the rest of the way, no question, I think he can get a lot of MVP consideration. He's definitely got a lot of Cy Young uh, votes coming his way. In the American League, the MV- midseason MVP is Shohei Otani. I agree with that. I think right now it's between Otani and Vlad Jr. It's just a matter of who has, it's literally a two-horse race, who has the better second half. Otani's pitching has been okay. It hasn't been, you know, out of this world. But he's been pretty solid on the mound. In my, in my opinion, he's definitely better hitting than he is pitching. At least this year so far, he's been much better hitter than he has been pitching. But I would, I could totally see Otani winning MVP, and I could also see Vlad Jr. winning MVP. Vlad Jr. is also two homers away from Otani and is trailing an average by point oh two, if my math's right. he's very much in conversation for having a triple crown season. And that would be the first uh, hitting triple crown since Miggy's back in 2013. So I definitely could see Otani and Vlad Jr. battling it out for MVP. In the American League, the Cy Young frontrunner right now, 
according to fans, they voted on was Carlos Rodon of the White Sox. Who had that coming into the season that Carlos Rodon would be a Cy Young favorite? He's got the no-hitter this year, almost a perfect game. He's been outstanding this year. The only competition he has right now, you could say his teammate Lance Lynn. You could say Kyle Gibson down in Texas could get some votes. But I think right now I would agree that Carlos Rodon is the front runner for Cy Young. His ERA just over two. He's been great for he's been arguably the best pitcher on that White Sox staff, along with Lance Lynn, who just got extended the other day. So I'm certainly I would agree with that one for AL Cy Young. Right uh, right now the front runners for rookie of the year is Jazz Chisholm of the Marlins for the National League and Adolis Garcia of the Rangers for the American League. I agree with Gar- or Adolis Garcia. Some other options you could have is uh, Luis Garcia of the Astros, who's been great on the mound for them this year, and also Casey Mize of the Tigers has earned some Rookie of the Year consideration. In the NL, that one's a little bit different. I think the top three rookies right now in the NL are Jazz Chisholm, Jonathan India, who we just saw the past three days torment the Mets and, until yesterday, and then Rodgers of the Marlins, I think are the top three Rookie of the Year guys. Chisholm, is, I would agree that he's a Rookie of the Year candidate. The only thing, again, same with Jake, is he's now on the injury list for the second time this year. I think the injuries are going to hurt him in the end. I My personal vote right now is Jonathan India. I had Cabrian Hayes at the beginning of the year, but that hasn't really worked out yet so far unless he can really turn it on down the stretch here. But I think of those three, I think Jonathan India of the Reds is the front runner. He's been fantastic offensively. He got on base, I think it was six times on Monday, another three or four on Tuesday. He's just an on-base machine. Chisholm, the injuries have just plagued him. And Rodgers of the Marlins has pitched fantastic. He'll definitely get a lot of Rookie of the Year votes. The only problem is he's on the Marlins, who are out of it in terms of a playoff race, who aren't really going to make a playoff run. The Reds are in position to make a playoff run. So that will... It shouldn't, but that does affect voting. I hate that people who vote on this stuff hold the team's success against them. For example, Jacob deGrom, if the Mets, let's say, are 20 games under 500, and Jacob deGrom still pitches the way he does, he deserves to win a Cy Young, but people are going to say, oh, but he didn't make the playoffs. Same th- They're saying that with Mike Trout, like, oh, Mike Trout's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's only been to the playoffs once, he's never played in the World Series. Mike Trout's numbers alone get him into the Hall of Fame. He doesn't need to have a ring that's a team stat. It's like pitchers wins. It's a team thing. You can't hold that against a guy. You can't hold that Mike Trout has made it to the playoffs once because he's got because of the team he's on. That's not his fault. He's his numbers on his own. That's what getting into the Hall of Fame means. Not how many rings you have. It's how your own numbers are. At least that's in my opinion. So that will uh, those. Those votes, I would agree with right now. I think those are a great starting point to go from. The only one I may disagree with is uh, NL Rookie of the Year and MVP, and only because those guys have faced injury problems this year. 
if they didn't face injury problems, I would 100% agree, but I think the injuries may end up costing them at the end. In the NL, the MVP, you could probably make the uh, a case for Acuna before he got hurt. Tatis is probably the front runner besides Jake, so it's looks right now it's probably between Jake and Tatis. But then yesterday came wild out of the blue news. Your main Mercedes of the White Sox has apparently announced his retirement from baseball in a out of completely out of nowhere. So yesterday he deleted everything White Sox related off his Instagram said he was contemplating retiring on his Instagram story. Then he announced he would be stepping away from baseball, which I don't... Obviously, he's got his reasons. A lot of people are blaming Tony La Russa from the incident where uh, Mercedes swung on 3-0 and Mercedes called up, or Tony La Russa called out Mercedes on it. I don't think that's really fair to blame La Russa for Mercedes deciding to step away because obviously there are a lot of other factors that may play into it. Maybe he fell out of, just doesn't love playing baseball anymore. Maybe he's got personal stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff to play into it. I don't think it's totally fair to blame Tony Larusa for Mercedes' decision, but it was shocking and completely out of nowhere and a huge blow to the White Sox. Mercedes was sent down because he has been struggling a lot lately. But when he was up, he was a force in the top of that White Sox lineup. So it was just out of, completely out of nowhere. Completely out of nowhere. But that's going to wrap it up for this week on Raise the Apple. We went through a lot. We got the trade deadline next week. And we're going to have a new episode on Tuesday. And then a new episode next weekend discussing, breaking down everything in the trade deadline. What the Mets do what the rest of Major League Baseball does, and we are going to get buckled up for a hot and exciting, fun stretch down the rest of the season. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you follow on Twitter, RT underscore pod, and we will see you guys next week. Let's go Mets. Bang, bang, won't stop till we're legend.